1: I'm Chad Boekelman. I'm Mark Marble. And this is The Lantern Cast.
2: Episode 386.
1: That's right. Uh, What are we calling it? Are we calling it Mark and Chad Go to the Movies, or the 2020 Movie Preview, or a little bit of both? What are we calling it?
2: It's a little bit of both, since technically the graphic says Go to the Movies, and the episode title technically will say 2020 Movie preview. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we have gone back and forth over the years in my mind's eye i was thinking even before you you worked on the cover art i was thinking the go to the movies thing and then when i searched on the site to just to, to get an idea what the you know just to do a search for like movies to see what would come up and it was kind of interesting that yeah that's not we haven't done that in the title of an episode for for a while um as far as to go to the movies but
1: um but new year we're back how was your holiday
2: It was pretty good. Went by quick as always. Yours?
1: Good, good. Uh, My mom was in town, so uh, got to hang out with her and and do all that. And I'll be seeing her in March uh, when I when I go up there. But yeah, I I got a few things and uh, Green Lantern related, I guess, just because I got a bunch of stuff. But Green Lantern related, I finally got the Green Lantern animated series on Blu-ray. Just the complete series, because before I when when they were doing the DVD. Uh, sets where it was like part one or whatever i had part one but i wanted the whole thing on blu-ray ended up getting that and uh i got the kyle rayner dc multiverse figure so it's my green lantern acquirements uh, for, for christmas but uh one thing i wanted to let people know of um this happens every year um for the most part D- uh, Lego likes to put out all a lot of their new stuff, their new sets, their new minifigures and stuff like that at the beginning of the new year. Um and uh, they their newest uh, line of blind bag minifigures has come out uh and uh this is a DC line and this is the Uh, this is a really cool looking line, but for those of you who want to know, it is out now, and the reason we're telling you this is because this line consists of, uh, quite a few characters, but including Simon Baz Green Lantern and Sinestro in his, like, um, classic purple outfit, um, And another cool thing about these is they also come with a new piece, which is a little Lego piece that's shaped like a lantern. And obviously Simon gets a green one and and Sinestro gets a yellow one. Uh, The other figures in this wave include uh, Classic Cheetah. You got Metamorpho, Stargirl, uh, Mr. Miracle, uh, Hookhand Aquaman, Classic Cyborg, Golden Age Batman, um, Huntress, think that's killer b um or queen b uh superman uh dark knight returns joker first appearance wonder woman uh jay garrick flash and then uh batmite uh i have every single one of those except for batmite right now um but yeah, the, the Simon Baz and the Sinestro figure are out, and uh, they got a new little piece. So if you have other little Lego Green Lantern figures and you've always wanted them to have an actual lantern, uh, even if you don't care about Simon, you may want to go out and try and find these so that you can equip your uh, your Lantern Legos with a little Lego piece lantern.
2: And we know you don't care about Simon. <laughs> As in the people at large, it's like...
1: I want the battery, please.
2: Uh, yeah, uh, they, they look pretty cool. Uh, I, I, it's kind of funny. I'm so conditioned. Uh, I'm so s- conditioned to seeing Sinestro in a Sinestro Corps outfit that I really hate that purple outfit now. <laughs> I, I have a hard time going back to that. Even even knowing that he, you know when he wears it now, technically he's wearing it so well, but the ultraviolet ring crap. But the reality is, I want the Sinestro Corps. I, I want I want Sinestro Core and or par, indoor Parallax view. I mean, Parallax design Sinestro back. I don't want to... I don't like that purple suit anymore.
1: If you guys are looking for these, like I said, these are blind bags. You're going to have to find them mostly at the Lego store. Uh, Walmart and other places will sometimes get the blind bags, but it's not until later. Uh, they don't get them uh, right, like at the same time like the Lego store and stuff does. If you've never done this before... Look at the figures and what they come with, because each one of them will have a unique piece that you can feel for. Um, obviously, the the lanterns are the only ones who are going to have the lantern pieces. So when you feel those, but the only thing that the the only difference between Sinestro and Simon otherwise is Sinestro has a hair piece. So if you can feel a hairpiece in a bag with a lantern, you have Sinestro. If you can't find a hairpiece, chances are you have Simon Baz. Uh, and you can use this trick for any of the le- any of them. Like for instance, Jay Garrick, you're going to be able to feel his hat. Um, uh, Mr. Miracle, he comes with chains, but also so does Cyborg. So the only difference would be, okay, well, can I also feel the pair of handcuffs that he has, and so on and so forth. So you'll you'll be able to notice things that are unique to each individual Lego piece when you're kind of feeling these blind bags out, so you can figure out what you're looking for, and try to figure out if you're you know spending. Because I think they're five six bucks a piece, um, so you know to try and figure out if you actually have what you're looking for, so you're not wasting your money. But if you're just a general DC fan, these are all fantastic. Uh, my two favorites outside of the Lanterns is probably Mister Miracle and Huntress. Um, maybe Jay Garrick on top of that. I only say maybe because I already had a Jay Garrick, but it was like a, a bootleg version um, outside of that. So very nice. All right, so Mark and Chad go to the movies. This is something that uh, we we started a long time ago, and it was Mark's idea because we wanted to do something uh, when we started the show. Mark, uh, you know, would you, you'd come on for uh, uh, Blackest Night coverage, talking about the game that you had created at the time uh, or co-cre- co-created, right? You was you and one of other guy who had run it or was running it
2: for the sake of. of- truly he's the one, he's the one who came up with the initial i, think, I the be, being it i, I don't want to d- diminish my contribution to it the reality is i think he he came he did the initial steps in creating it then he and i he and i he and i talked about it and then I kind of, then it kind of became where it was kind of like more my baby after a while because most of the most of the major changes that that were done and for the period while the game was still active before that platform or whatever on Facebook got wiped out that that I think is where we were, you know we were able to get more of a push and there were more players and different levels and game and you know missions and characters and so. Yeah, that was so. Yeah. He create He he was the true creator of it. But then I, came, you know, then I came on board and kind of took it. To, I guess to the next level. So.
1: Yeah, I just remember, you know, we were trying to get get uh, more comfortable with recording and uh, you recording and us recording together. So you know, we were just like, okay, well, what's a good idea for one of our first episodes? And I know, one of them was was more of a merch thing, but this was also along those similar lines. Uh, you know, picking the films and stuff and we've you know ever since uh you know we you and i have started doing this since especially you're big into movies and, and tv shows and film and stuff we've uh made a, a more point to like commentary tracks and movie review episodes and stuff like that so this every year you guys get a, a movie preview up so we have our top five films we're looking to in the coming year uh, we have our honorable mentions and we also have our uh you know, your poundage may vary, monkey crap. <laughs>
0: that's
2: an appropriate way of putting it. Your poundage may vary, which this is, I don't know, for this, for me this year, that, that's an appropriate tag overall, because it is, this is a, this was a, I said this last year, and I knew, I think we may even mentioned last year, we may have even mentioned this, uh, that looking ahead, knowing what was coming down the road, that I knew this year was going to be, last year I thought was tough once you got past for me, once you got past uh, Endgame and Hobbs and Shaw that I knew, and Spider-Man, I knew that it was going to be a tough list last year. But I knew looking ahead towards this year it was even going to be worse because there, lit- there is literally nothing in my top five that I am passionate about. There's nothing that I'm passionate about. And yeah, and that that probably is even true of the two if the two movies that we both really had on on our list that I that I seeded to you that even those I don't have a strong passion for maybe maybe one I'm, I'm I probably have a little bit a little bit more passion for but it it was hard I mean I it wasn't hard to come up with an come come up with a list of movies that I was at least somewhat interested in seeing and then I narrowed it down but it was But it's not like instantaneously, it's like, oh, Endgame's, you know, last year, Endgame's the movie I'm looking forward to the most. It it wasn't like that this year, and I think this, I don't think this is a great selection of movies overall, when you look at the overall scheme of things, I think this is a relatively weak slate of movies, so it'll
1: be And also, I mean, I kind of mentioned this in our private chat, but, uh, on Facebook, but it also there's almost a, a disadvantage to doing this at the beginning of every year because you know half the trailers aren't even out yet. So how can you really get excited about something?
2: True, but that's also that's also living living in the unfortunate, all too common fantasy world that gives the impression, or we want to believe, that these trailers are actually going to be good enough to to make people think, oh wow, this movie that I really gave no craps about before, now all of a sudden I'm I'm kind of interested in. It can happen, but we've also seen a lot of trailers that have spit the bit and trailers that have needed to come out hit, hitting the ground running, and they haven't done it. So – and it could be a little too – like a little too – too little too late. Like when we talk about New Mutants, it seemed like a lot of people responded relatively well to the to, to the latest New Mutants trailer, but that doesn't really change probably most people's view on what, what they think that project is going to be like and, and the odds of it being successful or not. So we'll see. Uh but you're right but but that but in a way that's that opens the door for reflection as we get to the end of the year. It's like, "Well, I thought this movie was going to stink, but guess what? I was pleasantly surprised." Since we all know you're going with no expectations, the odds of you being happy dramatically increase.
1: <laughs> for sure. So what we're going to do guys is we're going to go 5 to 1 uh, and we're just going to go back and forth. Uh, Mark's going to say what he's uh, what his number five is. I'm going to say what my number five is, and then we'll uh, go into why and what we're looking forward to about them. So, Mark, uh, you're up first, man. What do you want to do?
2: need to point out, and I think I did this last year, that there's not a huge disparity or discrepancy in my top five. There's It could go either way, So, but because of the way we normally do it, one-off, going back and forth, I will throw these out, and, and I'll try to put these in order, in the order that, based on the five, as passionate as I am about any of these, I will try to, you know, put them out in the order of, you know, the least passion to the, to the most. So I just wanted to put that out as a, as a disclaimer. So, honestly, probably if I have to go with number five on this list, and again, this is not a movie I expect to be good, but I'm curious about, and it is the... The Saw reboot remake whatever the hell it's going to turn out to be, which does not have a title yet, which comes out on five five, and that's the one that uh that Chris Rock is involved in, that he's involved, he star, he's he has a role in the movie, and he's involved. I think he's involved in the, as, as a producer in the Saw reboot. We do not really know much about this. We don't. We don't know if it's a sequel. We don't know if it's just starting all over again. I haven't heard anything whether Tobin Bell is going to be in this movie. I don't know what they're going to do with it. I have a weakness for the Saw franchise. Uh, I even liked uh, you know, Jigsaw, though I don't think Jigsaw was as good as some of the other Saw movies. But I saw it and I was no pun intended and I was reminded of almost I almost forgot it was coming out this year till I was going through the release list. Uh, and then it was like, okay. so that made my initial cut of movies and then once and that honestly probably would have been one I would have cut if it wasn't for the fact that there were two we had two common threads. So saw so, so since it probably was the last one to hold on to the list,
1: uh, that's the reason why I'll, I'll put that as number five. Uh, Yeah, my number five is Soul. Uh, It's out on June 19th from Pixar and Disney, uh, directed by Pete Docter, starring Jamie Foxx and Tina Fey and Questlove and and a bunch of others. Um, This trailer dropped actually not too long ago. Um, It's about this guy. The intro is sort of like, um, you, you know, sort of chase your dreams and do, you know, find what you were put on this earth to do and and uh, and make that your all. And this kind of this jazz musician pianist guy is walking down the street after booking a gig, and he falls down a manhole cover, or so fa- falls falls down into a, a sewer because the manhole cover is left in there. And then he, you know, cl- he clearly dies, but like in Disney terms, like he he like he turns into a little spirit. Uh, and he looks like a little animated feature and I, I don't know if the, the, the point of the movie is like him trying to get back to his life or if he's spending the rest of his, if he's now in the afterlife and that's where the movie's going to take primarily place. But, um, I, I don't know, man. I just, the, the way the, the way the, the music starts up, it's got that sort of piano riff at the beginning where it's, uh You know, it's it's hard to it's hard to say. I can try and put it in here after a break, but it's kind of like a dun 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 dun. Have you seen the trailer for this?
2: No, I have not.
1: It's really cool. It really captivated me with that first teaser. Um, The uh, I figured out that the artist um, or the band is uh, AJR and I've never heard of them before. But the song uh, with the with the piano uh, and the jazzy sound to it is called Overture. So if you guys out there want to listen to that, yeah, look up AJR Overture and then just go watch the Soul trailer. It seems really cool, and it seems kind of ballsy, right, for Disney to p- play with the death concept now in a Pixar film?
2: To a certain extent, but we've seen a lot of death. We've seen a lot of uh, – I think we've seen a lot of t- more death-related – Something dealing with the afterlife, because we have, there have been a bunch of those lately. I'm just trying, I'm, I'm trying to remember what the names of them are. Well, Coco. Uh, Coco was one, but there was an, I think there was another one. I thought there was another one besides Coco. Uh, but yeah, Coco is, Coco is. So it's not, or even something. Yeah, I, I, I know what you're saying. I don't disagree with the, the overall concept, but I think they've, I think it's not as, maybe not as, ballsy for them or out com- completely out of their wheelhouse in the last few years as it would have been maybe like, you know, 10 or 15 years ago.
1: Yeah. Cause well, you might've been thinking of Moana cause Moana's grandmother.
2: No, I'm not even though that's true. That's another That is another one. Um,
1: yeah. But yeah, uh, definitely. I definitely recommend checking out the trailer. It looks like a lot of fun. It looks like very beautifully designed. The music sounds fantastic because this guy, hit for at least for him his dream is was like you know being a musician and his his uh kind of the sound that he likes is jazz related i just thought it was like i'm wondering if the soundtrack for this is going to be like very jazz heavy um like kind of like a modern jazz uh, like i said go listen to that A.J.R. overture song um or or watch the trailer it's it's pretty fantastic uh i'm I don't. I don't know, man. I don't know if I'm looking forward more to the potential that this film has or the potential that the soundtrack has. But either way, I'm here for it.
2: That's true. I mean, it it, it certainly sounds interesting. It is. It's not something that, off the top of my head, Jump Book of Life is what I was thinking about. But that maybe that wasn't theirs. But Book of Life is what I was thinking
1: of. Mm. Um,
2: yeah, but that's not Disney. But that's the one. I, that's the other one I was thinking of because I knew it had Channing Tatum in it. I just couldn't remember what the hell the what the hell the uh, movie was, uh, but I'm I'm always down for a good animated movie, so it's something that I certainly it's uh wasn't in my top list, but it's certainly in the uh, the middle of the road list for me.
1: Okay, uh, all right, number four is.
2: All right, number four, again, no real preference here, but I'm going to say, which is weird because. I knew this movie was being made, but because it, it wasn't coming out early... It wasn't coming out early this year, which I thought it would have since the original came out around this time last year. But I put Escape Room too, because I actually really liked Escape Room. And, for, and Escape Room made a lot of money, considering you know, it didn't cost anything. And until like Captain Marvel came out, especially it was one of the bigger grossing movies of uh, 2019, I liked... I liked the first one. I thought uh, I thought Taylor Russell was really cute and and I liked her character in the first one. So I'm lo- So I obviously again another movie that has no trailers yet or any information really about it whatsoever. They certainly hinted at a sequel at the end of the f- as the first one was wrapping up. But I like the I like the concept of the first movie anyway, so so the escape room, the literal escape room, and how that could be twisted into something really bad. Not, not so much like the big, you know, like the big bad, you know, behind it and all that stuff. But that's when I look through the list, and it's like, and that's another kind of weird thing about my list. There's like three horror movies on this list, so that's kind of that's a little, that's kind of an extreme probably for me. But I guess that would be, yeah, escape room would be number four. Climbing up the charts.
1: Yeah, and I totally forgot to react to your number five. Um, I, I, I guess it, it's good that you brought up the fact that you have three horror movies because that sort of leans into why I really didn't say anything about Saw. Uh, I'm not a horror movie person. It's not. I, I guess. I guess you could technically say you know some of them. Some of them can scare me to the point where like I don't want to watch this before bed sort of a thing. Um, but uh, I also never really grew up with horror movies, so I don't have necessarily an appreciation for the genre so much. So I don't really just. I, I, I'm pretty sure I saw. And maybe this is weird. I don't know. I think the only Saw movie I ever saw was Saw 3?
2: The one he dies in?
1: I think so. Um, saw
2: 3 was really. Saw 3 is actually probably overall my favorite because Saw 3 was really ballsy because they knew. This wasn't what. This wasn't like Friday the Thirteenth, the final chapter. Ha ha ha. Where their actual plan at the time was, let's kill Jason. Oh shit! This movie made a ton of money. Let's let's make another movie. Even if we're not bringing Jason back, let's make another Friday. They knew they knew going into this movie that they were that they were soft that they were doing Saw Four, but yet they were they allowed you know basically the the director and the writer and everybody they allowed them to kill off Jigsaw, knowing that this franchise was going to continue. So the fact that they had to almost like reinvent the wheel to come up with creative ways, not just to keep the franchise going, but to also keep Tobin Bell as Jigsaw in in a franchise in which he is clearly absolutely dead when this when, when part three ends. I really respect three. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, yeah, and as far as uh, you said, it was called Escape Room. Um, yeah, Escape
2: Room. it's it's, it's they've been it's been like. I noticed I've watched it a few times because it's on if you if you're able to for people who have uh, Amazon Prime if you're able to access the stars package uh, it's been it's really been free to stream for a while now so I've wa- I've watched it a bunch of times since I and I saw it in the movies when it came out I think I think that was I think that was either a February or January release last year but it's it's cool I, I it's another movie where I. I would say it's cool to watch, I think, the first three quarters of the movie. It's better than the – I don't necessarily like the end. I don't think the last, like, 15 minutes is is particularly special. But but the beginning and what they do with it, and I think the cast work plays off each other pretty well. I would recommend watching it if you can.
1: Um, Yeah, just since I'm not a big horror movie person, there's not a whole lot I can say. But my number four is Wonder Woman 1984. Uh, out on June 5th from Warner and Mad Ghost Productions, uh, directed by Patty Jenkins, starring Gal Gadot, Chris Pine, Kristen Wiig, Pedro Pascal, and more. Um, I did throw in the idea that that was from Mad Ghost Productions because, for those of you who remember, Mad Ghost is the company that Jeff Johns is in charge of. Um, this is their third feature film. Uh, The first being Aquaman, the second being Shazam, and now uh, Wonder Woman 1984. Another reason I threw that mention in there is because on my, um, you know, sort of uh, honorable mentions list is uh, Birds of Prey and the Fabulous Emancipation of Harley Quinn. That one is not Mad Ghost involved. So it seems like all the – not every DC feature film – has Mad Ghost's involvement in it. Um, so that's, well, that would make
2: sense. Yeah, I mean, Jeff Johns. I mean, we know his hands were in, were in a lot of cookie jars, but he, he was he really didn't do much with Harley.
1: Yeah. So uh, I definitely knew a DC feature film was going to be on my list. Uh, you know, obviously it was between DC or Marvel, and you know, of the of the ones, you know, we got Black Widow got the trailer the trailer was kind of cool um but didn't really like suck me in where i like oh my god this movie i have to see it and we don't have anything for the eternals yet um and you know the fabulous emancipation of harley quinn seems fun but i, I i'm just we're oversaturated with harley quinn everywhere right now and i just you know i think that's my primary reason i'm i am looking forward to seeing it because i want to see um i want to see um uh, Rode Montoya. I want to see black Canary. I want to see the huntress. Like I want to see those characters, but my just sort of general uh, more Harley Quinn thing is, uh, I mean, there's no problem. There's no problem with more Ro- Margot Robbie. Um, but you know, whatever. So that wonder woman, Chad, this is the wonder woman. Thing. I know, I know. So this, so this, so, so that obviously means, uh, that, that, you know, if I'm going to put one of those four on my list, uh, wonder woman's the one, um, I'm a bit concerned about Wonder Woman, you know, being directed by Patty Jenkins and and letting her do her own thing. That's all well and good, you know, sort of um, at this point, it's a it's a trust thing that it's going to be good. But, uh, you know, we we know how hard sometimes it is to capture the magic of the first one in a sequel. So, uh, you know, the trailer looks looks cool. Um, It seemed to alleviate the concerns that I had. Uh, from just kind of first impressions and other things you could read online about this film um, it looked fun it looked interesting uh, it looked. It didn't look any worse than the first one and it's not like the first one was bad
2: <laughs> let's put that on the post yeah. uh,
1: I, I really enjoyed the first Wonder Woman movie I thought there were parts of it that were and parts of it that were slow but overall I really enjoyed that film so I am looking forward to this one I, and I, I thought it was cool some of the creative choices that are being made like that last shot of her spider manning across lightning bolts with her lasso like if you were to tell someone like describe that to somebody they'd go oh that sounds like the stupidest thing ever but you look at it on the screen and you're like oh that looks badass I don't care how stupid the concept is that looks cool Um, so like you know uh, I, I I like that it's sort of towing that line and, and it is a 1984 film. So like it's, uh, you know, I'm assuming they're going to have a lot of fun with the, that sounds stupid, but looks cool. Uh, so let's do it anyway, sort of idea, uh, and basis there. So I, I am excited to see it. It's just because wonder woman had a, uh, a movie that it's being followed up for. That's why I put it at four instead of five. I, I, if I were to put, if I were to let these two movies stand by themselves, Soul maybe would take the four, the four spot, but just based on context, what I know already and everything, I feel like that's why Wonder Woman is uh, Wonder, Wonder Woman, nineteen eighty four is my number four.
2: Wonder Woman, nineteen eighty four probably technically was, it would have been my number five. But because it didn't make the list, well, well, we want to be technical about it. Based on the ones I'm passionate about that didn't make it, it really would be, it would have been. It's kind of hard to rank because we know the one that, the other one in my list, we knew you were getting all along, so it it never even made technically made my top list because we knew you were getting it. But this was the last one to be cut. Let's put it this way: this was the last one of the ones that realistically I could have quote-unquote had that I cut. I felt like I told you. I felt compelled to keep this movie because I like Pedro Pascal so much that I almost—I still don't know if I'm going to buy him as Maxwell Lord. Uh, obviously, there was a little, there's certainly a little over the top element to, in that trailer, <laughs> but it's all right. Uh, but yeah, I—I I like the fact that they're in the 80s is cool. The fact that they're—they're they're, they're flipping the switch and no matter what the deal is with uh, Steve Trevor being back or not really being back. The reality is reversing the fish out of water thing. Kind of like they kind of what they did in crocodile Dundee and like crocodile D one and two. When they did, when they did the switch, like the first, like the, like the first movie, of uh, you know, he ends up, but he ends up coming to, uh, what LA or whatever. And the second movie, when they have to hide out and they end up taking her, he takes her and they end up having to hide in the bush. And
1: to quote, it, it's to, it, to, to, to quote Negasonic teenage warhead. Fuck, you're old. <laughs> 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 I, I, um, I, I've man. seen Croc- the Crocodile Dundee movies, but it's been so long. I'm, go- I I'm going, I am going by memory, so you were correct. <laughs> I'm
2: going by memory because because they to me they haven't held up all that well.
1: And uh, I I know yeah. I've seen them, but I remember fuck all about them. <laughs>
2: Well, at least if you're gonna insult me, uh, insulting me with a Brianna Hildebrand quote, I can deal with. That. <laughs> uh, the, uh, but it's it's similar to you know reversing the fish out of water concept. When it, it's not like it's the only those are like that's the only example of that. But when they do that and they and you can pull it off, it, it works. It, it's 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 cool when you kind of turn the tables on that and the character that was you know out of water now they're back in their element and the other person's completely like lost and. Uh, so I do, I think that, I think that'll be cool. I'm not sold on Kristen Wiig being a bad guy at all. I just don't know if she had, I mean, especially if they're, if they're trying to, if they're going to play her cheetah up as at least a close to a halfway serious character or serious threat. I don't know if she's going to be able to pull that off. She could. We've certainly seen a lot of comedians be able to pull off uh, villain roles or serious roles. But we've also seen them be pretty campy and over the top. So I'm le- we, I'm more intrigued by the Pedro Pascal part. Uh, not surprisingly, again, it's a relatively weak field of movies this year. So I knew it was gonna this was gonna make my initial cut of, of movies I wanted to see. But again, am I passionate about this movie? No, I'm not passionate about it. But it's but it is one of the th- it is one of the two common threads that we had on. On our list. So.
1: For sure. All right. Number three.
2: Number three. Oh, and speaking of uh, going back to Escape Room for a moment, Escape Room came out January 2nd, 2019. It cost nine million dollars to make. Made 155.7 worldwide. Jesus. <laughs> so needless to say, it, as, soon, as soon as that movie probably hit, and it opened, and it didn't see what it opened up to 18. So pretty much, it, it, it was arguably already profitable after its opening weekend domestically. So, uh, and it actually made more money overseas. It only made like 57 million during its entire run domestically. It made almost $100 million overseas. So you knew that movie was getting a sequel because much like most horror movies, they cost nothing and almost always make a lot of profit. (laughs) But I figured I would throw that out since we kind of left that hanging. And I knew, I, I had a feeling it came out in January, but I couldn't remember when I saw it in relation to when it came out. So number three on my list, I'll complete the horror trifecta here in Halloween Kills, which is 1016. So this is the remake, not the remake, uh, this is the follow-up to Halloween 2018, which I am seriously mixed on. Anybody who's listened to the commentary or the reviews, I am really mixed on Halloween 2018. I think that was overall a disappointment. I think there were tons of missed opportunities in that movie. There, are, I think that movie is a perfect example of a few good scenes, but not a good movie. But not a particularly good movie. Uh, that being said, I am, a, I am a Michael Myers sucker, and I am somewhat curious to see where they're going to go with this, basically this sequel trilogy since they have doing these three movies that are all supposed to be, you know, connected to, to, to the 1978 movie. I'm not really. At least I'm going to be going in with really low expectations on this one, which I did not do with 2018, since they got such glowing reviews from the Toronto International Film Festival. Not going to buy that crap again. (laughs) So I'll be going in with relatively low expectations. It might increase the odds of me liking it. And it'll be curious to see how much you you can almost take it to the bank. there will be a cliffhanger. Since they were going to set up the, the one that the last part know, Halloween ends. So that one I knew, that's one of the ones in all honesty I knew when we were going to do this list, I knew it was on my list. Of all the ones that are on my list, probably, surprisingly, that's probably the only one I knew from the beginning that was going to be on my list because I because I absolutely knew it was coming out. That and probably uh, my number one, I assumed would be on the list. And a lot of other things, like, like I said, I just went through. With checking the release schedule and saying, oh, that's when this comes out. It's kind of funny when I checked Box Office Mojo, uh, one of yours, they still had it listed as like an untitled like Sony Mar- Sony Marvel sequel. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's like, then I had to go back and double check. It's like, I know this is coming out in October. Why is it not listed? It's like, oh, that's the movie. They just never updated their records to indicate that it was t- that that's the slot with- for this movie. <laughs> But yeah, so, Hall- so Halloween Kills is number
1: three. Um, so this past Halloween, the 2019 Halloween, I actually saw Halloween, the original movie, for the first time. Um, I've not seen any of the sequels after it. So I'm wondering if I should actually watch the new movies um, uh, now that I have the context of the OG. That way I can sort of, since since essentially that's what they're doing, right? They're – almost erasing the ones that came after the original Halloween
2: and what they're doing right now they did erase in, in this in this timeline basically in this alternate u- universe or this Halloween timeline it's just Halloween 1978, Halloween 2018, Halloween ki- Halloween kills and then I think next year Halloween ends
1: okay
2: so it's so basically it's three sequels all to the 1978.
1: So I am I'm, I'm wondering if I should see the the newer ones then since I don't have the context of what came after and therefore wouldn't be able to be like nitpicking it because oh they're doing this or they're doing that.
2: You could in fact maybe yeah what for the sake of a social experiment given the choice why don't you yeah if you can watch Halloween 2018 why don't you watch it and based on just raw knowledge of seeing Halloween 78 without a lot of without seeing it a thousand times or having a strong you know affection for it necessarily. Watch 2018 and then we can discuss and see what you think. And then because then after the fact you can always go watch Halloween 2 1981 and see if you which one you think is a more effective continuation of the story. But but it, it would be interesting to get you take looking at it differently. Just like as we know it it would be di- it's different for people who watch st- who people who who choose. Especially going forward to watch, to watch Star Wars 1 through 6 as opposed to 4 through 6 and 1, 1 through 3.
1: Yeah. All right. So my number three is Venom 2. It comes out on October 2nd uh, from Col- <laughs> uh, from Columbia Pictures and Marvel directed by Andy Serkis uh, starring Tom Hardy, Woody Harrelson, Michelle Williams, Reed Scott, and more. Yeah. Um, so my number, my top three were locked in from, from, from word go. I knew they were going to be the top three. I just didn't know in what order. Uh, and, but once I had a certain, uh, revelation about Venom, uh, two, I, I, I knew it had to be number three instead of two or one. And, uh, that's not necessary. It's, it, it is partly because of my excitement of the other words, uh, of the other ones, uh, my two and my number one, but, um, I am not as confident in Venom 2 as I was steadfastly standing by Venom, the the first Venom film prior to its release. Um, I think Venom 1, uh, the, the, the first film, I really enjoyed it. I stand by everything I said about it, but I think it got lucky. Uh, and I don't, I don't believe that they're likely to capture that luck again in the sequel. Um, they're going to have to up their game. And I think that they know that. And I think the that, that, uh, in the past, when people know the sequel just has to kill, it needs to kill, or it's not going to, this franchise is not going to survive. That's when a lot of studios or, or screenwriters or whatever, get tripped up and start tripping over themselves and end up with a worse product, uh, as a whole. Um, now, you know, there could be the trailers come out and that changes my mind. But conceptually, I honestly know that I I, I still stand by the the, the product of, of the first Venom film. But I do know in a lot of ways it got lucky and it's unlikely to get lucky again now that so many eyes are going to be on it. And so many people are going to be expecting a certain thing, especially with the fact that you're going to be introducing and using Carnage. There's so much uh, there's so much. Uh, I don't want to say at stake cuz that sounds too serious and too too big but I mean really there there is there's there's so much at stake with this film and I'm not 100% confident that Venom 2 is going to live up to what's at stake.
2: I I get where you're coming from and but I don't know if I agree with that. I I think that I think a lot of people were surprised. Well, the, here's the thing. This is going back to the expectation game. The Venom far in a way exceeded expectations based on what people thought they were going to get. Not just because critics, not just because of that horrible teaser trailer, but because how bad critics made it out to be. And then when people went to go see it, they realized this is one of, one of, not too uncommon examples of which you know the critics are all, all the way on one side and the fans are all the way on the other. Sometimes it could be either way. It's not necessarily all, always critics hate it, fans love it. Sometimes it's the opposite. But it was one of those circumstances where the critics ripped it apart, and, but the fans actually liked it. And again, probably because the expectations were so much lower. So on that level, you're right. The expectat- the, expect- the expectations are a little higher now, too. But we also don't know entirely what this movie is going to look like. I think we, we still don't know for a fact whether Tom Holland's going to be in this movie at all. We don't know if he's in this movie whether it's going to be like – whether it be a cameo, which probably is all it would be. Uh, probably if he's in the movie, it would be setting up for Venom 3 so they could do the crossover with Spider-Man. We don't know. We haven't seen Carnage. But I think the idea of Venom and – venom and carnage and if all you, and even if he's in the movie for like friggin like one minute if you have all you have to do is you put in like a like a snippet of Spider-man in one of the trailers and I think that's gonna really pump people up I think it'll have a really good opening do I, I think you may very well be right with how it holds it may not hold very well uh, compared to the first movie and there is a lot of pressure on it because clearly depending on what Sony's really hoping to do, in building building their universe, with you know if they're really if their real goal ultimately is build their shared universe and try to get Spider-Man out of the MCU, or to have Spider-Man be at least more in their universe than in the MCU, even if they still have an agreement where kind of the best of both worlds, where Marvel helps work on helps work with them in their in their in their play. And their playground, and yet, in once in a while, Marvel gets to use, you know, Spider-Man in theirs, regardless of what the ultimate plan, or what the ultimate, uh, what the end result is, I do think that, if Venom 2 does not do particularly well, just like another movie that's in the middle of the road list for me, is Morbius. That if Morbius doesn't do particularly well, and if Venom 2 underachieves then that, those are obviously two major shots across the bow for what Sony seemingly is all pumped up about now because of the surprising success, overwhelming success at the box office of Venom. So there's a, there is a lot at stake. Uh, I don't necessarily know because there's a lot at stake in, yeah, I, that, it's, that increases the odds it's going to crap out. Uh, it all depends on what movie we get. If it stinks, you know, if it craps out, it's probably going to be just because it, the movie is not that good, but that doesn't mean... The first one could have turned out not to be good either. It's just, it's just circumstances, and so I think it'll do. I think it'll do okay financially. I don't know if it'll do. I, I think you're correct that it probably may not do Venom business, but it may not have to if it's if it's so successful. And it's, but let's. But again, your this is a good example of again we need to see some stuff from it to see how people are going to react to it because this could get a lot of buzz. It could get a lot of buzz. Hopefully, they will learn from the first bad trailer. Now they're more insulated now because they because people have seen Venom and they know okay the movie turned out fine. So if the if the first trailer is a little underwhelming, it's not going to potentially be as as such a sheer, serious problem as that Venom teaser trailer was. But it certainly wouldn't hurt to even have the the teaser trailer be like wow that's really good. But we'll see. I mean, uh, it's interesting. I We obviously we both knew this was going to be high on your list, so that's uh. I'm looking forward to it. It's in my middle of the road list. It may possibly have been if I knew again if I knew for a fact that it wasn't going to be on the top of your list, it may have made my initial cut of like my top my top ten before I cut it down to five.
1: Mm. All right, number two.
2: Number two, I'm gonna go with Jungle Cruise uh, on 724 uh, with the with the Rock and Emily Blunt. I'm not gonna lie and say the you know the initial trailer like bowled me over. I think it was a good trailer. I don't think it was a great trailer. I certainly think they tried to capture you know the they kind of like to me that trailer they try were trying to split the difference between an, an Indiana Jones vibe and a little bit of a Pirates of the Caribbean like the first movie vibe. Which of course is a pretty good balance to try to uh, achieve if you're trying to do that. Uh, I think maybe with a little bit of the mummy flair thrown into the Brendan Fraser mummy, but so that's 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 the right kind of tone or balance to try to paint because it, they're all you know they're all action movies that have a decent amount of comedy in them and they have likable leads and and assuming you have good chemistry between and they seem to have good chemistry even in the trailer of Emily Blunt and and the rock it'll be it yeah I, this this movie has been kind of out there for a while i mean it's i'm trying to remember when he finished filming this movie i think he finished filming this movie like in was he, it may have been late spring or early summer so this movie's actually been done for a while so it's kind of easy to forget about since <clears throat> with, with other things that are you know that have come out and that are on the list for him as he as he preps now for uh, black adam uh, which is supposed to start shooting over the summer. I'm ho- I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful. That it's just nice to kind of have a live-action Disney movie, which, A, is actually live-action, and not a remake of an animated movie. <laughs> so, well, uh, I'm cautiously optimistic, but, again, I, I don't feel any passion towards the Jungle Cruise. Now, even though I, I like The Rock tremendously, as people know, I... It's not like Hobbs and Shaw where that I was always from, from the minute that was announced that, that was they were they were moving ahead to do Hobbs and Shaw I was looking forward to that movie because I like his character in Fast and Furious and I like Jason Statham's character the way he interacted with with Hobbs even in the Fast and Furious movie. so the idea of these two guys being you know teamed up having to team up together I knew it would work, and it, and it did work. It was a very enjoyable movie. So I would say, yes, Jungle Cruise is number three for me. And number two, excuse me, for me. <clears throat>
1: uh, I haven't seen or heard anything about it, so that one is an utter blind spot for me. So unfortunately, I don't have anything to say about it. Uh, but I'll definitely give the trailer a watch if, if it's your number two. So, You bastard. No, I'm only kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, my number two is Godzilla vs. Kong. This comes out on November 20th from Legendary and Warner Brothers. It's directed by Adam Wingard, starring Alexander Skarsgård, Millie Bobby Brown, Rebecca Hall, and a bunch more. Um... Uh, this is this is this is the movie that's gonna have to decide things for the Godzilla franchise for legendary moving forward uh, given the performance box office wise uh, and 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 that of the uh, king of king of the monsters film um and so the, since there's so much writing on this in the in the future of it um I'm just I'm excited to see what they 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 do with it I, I think they know that a lot has to be writing on it unfortunately, there may be some aspects to this film that uh, were kind of too little too late when it came to the uh, reaction and performance of the last movie, because a lot of this was uh, already filmed, if not completely finished, before uh, you know that sort of stuff started coming out. Um, but hey, if this movie you know doesn't do what they want it to, to continue this this monster verse with Legendary and the the Toho. Uh, Kaiju monsters and stuff like that, then, you know, at the very least, we got a uh, four film interconnected universe sort of franchise out of it. And, uh, but I'm looking forward to it, man. Godzilla versus Kong, that's one of the classic matchups. And rumors online are swirling that Mecha Godzilla is a part of it as well. So, Mecha Godzilla was one of my favorites as a kid. I had a couple of toys of him, actually. I didn't have a lot of Godzilla toys, but one of them was Mecha Godzilla. Another for, for, just the record was space Godzilla, you know, the blue one with the crystal shoulders or whatever. Um, so, uh, yeah, I just, um, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. There's not a, there's not a trailer. There's not a lot out there. Um, and honestly, it's just a straight up monster fight to see who comes out on top. And, uh, I, I'm hoping slash thinking that Godzilla is going to win, but you know, um, I think every most every matchup between them, Kong, has actually come out on top. So, um, you know, it's, uh, it's anybody's game, um, but I just think that I don't know that that many people, in terms of the legendary verse, the modern films are as invested in Kong as they are Godzilla. So maybe because of everybody's investment and passion for Godzilla, in terms of this verse, maybe uh, Godzilla comes out on top. But uh, I'm just excited to see it, man. It's going to be just a... A big, a big brawl. I'm, I'm really hoping, um, that they continue the trend of focusing more and more and more on the monsters, uh, and less on the human characters. Uh, I get that there needs to be some, uh, human interaction and with the, uh, you know, kind of the actors and the cast that they have. You gotta give them something to do to justify their big pay, uh, their, their big paychecks. But, you know, at the same time, uh, you know, this is, you're calling this Godzilla versus Kong. It's a straight up monster fight. We don't really need that much human stuff,
2: which is probably why. I mean, let let's let's not let's not. I mean, we, you and I know this, but let's not uh, forget that this movie was pushed back about half a year uh, because it was supposed to come out in March, right? I think so. It was supposed to be a Supposed to be a March release. March release, we knew they, even though it took them forever to officially push this movie back, we knew they were going to because they, because when the head of the studio comes out and says, we may end up pushing this back because, uh, we want to make this movie the best that, you know, best we possibly could. I.e., okay, there's things about this movie now that we've seen Godzilla King of the Monsters and what it didn't do, we're a little concerned about. (laughs) That, like, movie B looks a little bit too much or a structure like movie A. Movie A didn't do what we thought. We probably need to change. And unlike, let's say, something like Justice League, where you know, obviously they turned out to be a lot of changes with Justice League. No Snyder cut bullshit to that. But Justice League was just about going into production when Batman vs Superman, you know, kind of shit to bed in the eyes of, the, of people. <laughs> so there was still time for this movie to be changed. And obviously that's what that's what they're doing. Uh, so. They've, so I would be less con, I would be less concerned about the fact that it's like too little too there's not enough time for them to change to make them if they feel like they have to shift gears and shift directions they have time I guess you, I would be more concerned maybe that they could switch you know swing the pendulum too much the other way I don't know if they will or not I'm just saying uh I think mecha mecha Godzilla makes plenty of sense especially not just if you're gonna if you almost if we go with the premise which almost everybody has gone with that at some point they have to team up. Uh, and if you want to have an ex- have a reason while maybe Kong and Godzilla are fighting in some maybe at some point it really isn't really Godzilla fighting Kong that it's mecha Godzilla fighting Kong but we don't know that yet that that would also work too depending on what the plan is That you know if this is you know kind of like uh, Charles Dance's group Making this, making Mecha Godzilla, then maybe they're sending Mecha Godzilla to try, you know, basically they're setting up this conflict between Kong and Godzilla, knowing that maybe those are the two alpha titans in the world by using Mecha Godzilla as debate to begin the conflict, and then ultimately knowing that that they're going to pull Mecha Godzilla off the playing field because then God, the real Godzilla and the real Kong are being drawn together in there, and Godzilla may know. Why are we fighting? <laughs> there's no reason for us to fight, but Kong may not because he already fought since there's since there's certainly hints that there's going to be multiple fights between these two, between Kong and say, a Godzilla in different locales. There's been some, I think, promo art or something there. Supposedly that implies that could be the case. and it, And it would also maybe give a reason why Kong, you know, why they would be and it could also open the door for that, that that not so cryptic line in King of the Monsters where we're saying Godzilla's on our side, but you know for now, that maybe because of what Mechagodzilla does, and depending on when when and how and to who it gets revealed that Mechagodzilla really is not truly Godzilla, the world may see Godzilla now as a bad guy even though he's he's not, and so he so he may end up being on the outs by, by choice. He may basically have no choice but to turn because everybody's always attacking him and trying to kill him. Uh as as far as your your Kong versus Godzilla idea from a box office perspective, let's not forget that Kong Skull Island actually made more money than both of the Godzilla movies <laughs> worldwide. Worldwide if you're looking at box office. Not by much, not by much over Godzilla 2014. So if you adjust it for inflation, godzilla 2014 will make more money but in real dollars and cents uh kong skull island made about skull
1: island also had samuel l jackson and tom hiddleston nobody
2: went to see and i don't think anybody went to go see that movie because of samuel just like nobody went to go see it before brie larson uh i don't and, and i don't think that many people went to go see it for tom hiddleston too uh but the reality well, based on that logic, we could say everybody went to go see Godzilla 2014 because they thought Godzilla was going to be in it, Chad. <laughs> uh, the reality. So I'm just saying, surprisingly, Kong Skull Island. I'm looking. I'm looking at the internet at the international box office. Yes, Kong Skull Island internationally did much much better. Uh, than uh, it did much much better than uh. King of the Monsters, much much better. Uh, domestically, Godzilla 2014 did better than Kong uh, Skull Island, but in, but overall Kong Skull Island actually is the the box office champion of the three. So me, which is which is surprising. You would think Godzilla, by the nature of where he how he was created and where he's from, would have the international audience more built in, and Kong would be more of an American rooting interest, but but I don't know. I think even though the, the Godzilla in these movies has been r- relatively likable, I think because of what Kong is, he's just more relatable, just naturally. <laughs> he's a big, he's a big gorilla. You know, he's, he's he's a big primate. He is he is close to us on the event and on the evolutionary scale. And he, so he you know he processes more like a person. He he's able to to react and make judgment and think and use tools and and you know and and adjust the situations on the fly quicker, based on what he is. Uh, so I think that also is part of the appeal. Why you know, as long as you make Kong, assuming they don't give him some special power, which almost every Titan seems to have, that all you have to do is make Kong relatively close in height to Godzilla, and Kong will have certain advantage. He won't have he. There are some clear disadvantages. You know, the the lightning breath, the tail. So I don't. So obviously. There's some disadvantage disadvantages but Kong per capita could be stronger even if he's small a little smaller because of what he is he certainly should be smarter he should be faster he should be able to you know use weapons and tools and adjust better than God so there are advantages that, that he does have so and, but you're absolutely correct at the bottom at the, the bottom line is if this movie can' kick ass at the box office and it's time to call it a day because how are you gonna top this right? If you have King Kong, you have King Kong versus Godzilla. If you can't have, you know, two of the biggest, no pun intended, movie monsters in the world go at it and end up, you know, being and having a movie that comes close, you know, so, that's pulling in like at least seven hundred, eight hundred, you know, million dollars worldwide at least. Then, uh, then what is the point of continuing it? Because what is Because where's the interest, right? Logically.
1: Yeah. All right, number ones.
2: Number one, uh, and then we'll be rolling into the middle ground and the crap list. And then we have Jim's list. Uh, actually, Jim didn't give us a crap list, so maybe after we finish our number ones, we'll, uh, actually, he gave us a middle of the road list. So maybe after we do this, we can mention, we'll mention Jim's before we go into the serious crapola. Uh, number one, a week number one is Fast and Furious 9, which kind of surprises me too, because that's another move, probably the Super Bowl. I was just about to say we haven't seen anything about this movie yet. We haven't even seen a teaser trailer for her. so probably the Super Bowl is at the very at the very latest is when we're going to see a teaser trailer for Fast and Furious 9. I'm interested to see what they do because The Rock is not going to be in this one. Neither is Jason Statham. There's still characters in this franchise I like and I'm kind of I feel invested in this now because I've watched everyone since five and now because I, and Post and retroactively, I have seen all of them before now. You know, now now I've gone back to see one through four completely. So I'm curious to see where they go and if they really are going to stick to their guns and make number ten. You know, the last you know proper Fast and Furious movie for the last for the foreseeable future. So again, I am I overly passionate about it? No, it has the franchise very very possibly peaked? You know, is it pretty? Is it possible that all in the wake of post Paul Walker that this franchise is just going to continue to go down box office wise and interest wise? And plus, there's always that fine line of being more and more outrageous in what you do that people have to eventually could get to the point where it's like, oh my God, yeah. You know, when 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 they're flying around space stations and stuff, that might be where people call it a day. You know, going to space has never been a very successful addition to most movie franchises unless you were based in space to begin with <laughs> I don't know I so I, I it was a fine line between Jungle Cruise and this but because I have much more invested in Fast and Furious over the last let's say uh, five years or so four to five uh, five to six years I will say Fast and Furious 9
1: uh the, yeah the Fast and Furious franchise I, I kind of said it last year when you were talking about Hobbs and Shaw um It just uh, it's not one that uh, has caught my attention because I haven't really seen much past the original uh, four or so. Um, So uh, I definitely plan to catch up at some point. But, you know, I keep seeing the like the eight movie box set or whatever, but I just know that the next movie is going to come out. So why (laughs) why buy the eight movie box set? Um, So, you know, maybe it'll be something that I just buy the digital copies for on Vudu. Uh, if there's like a sale or something um, like as as an example, I've always wanted the complete series of house on Blu-ray. But the other day I saw it on Vudu, the entire series for like 20 bucks, 20 or 30 bucks. And I picked it up, you know, I just bought the digital and I was like, all right, well, cool. Then I guess I don't need the hard copy Blu-rays. I've got the entire series of of house for God, pennies on the dollar—that's a fantastic deal. So I was just like, if if they have a good deal with the um with the the Fantastic Four franchise or Fantastic four, the uh, the fat the Fast and the Furious franchise, then uh, maybe I'll do that, and that's when I'll end up catching up. But uh, at this point, even though I've seen like the first four, I just don't feel like. Uh, I don't. I don't feel like I've. Uh, where things are at now with nine is more based on what came after four than the original four. So I feel. I. I feel like I'm. I feel like I'm. You know, just as out of the loop as if I'd never seen any of it at all. So, unfortunately, I don't probably, have much yeah. to say.
2: Yeah, which is probably accurate in the sense that the franchise really started. Ch- five is when they really started changing. Um, I, I think. I think four may have had the roots because they brought. Because I think they started building up maybe the concept of more of an ongoing ensemble cast as opposed to just the, you know your basic original three or four characters. Uh, so I think that's when it started coming into play. And they, but five is really where they kicked it up a notch, where they really brought a lot of different people back in from from other movies, and and obviously that's the one where Hobbs was introduced. Uh, so. You might yeah. At this point, you might as well. I mean, on um, yeah. If you, even if the thought crosses has crossed your mind, I would at least wait until they finish off with ten because at least as of now, you know, number ten is probably is supposed to be the last Fast and Furious proper. And then I think they're. I think the the game plan right now is just to kind of do spin-off franchises, kind of like what happened with Hobbs and Shaw. And there's they probably are enough characters, especially if you team some of them up that, I think there'd be enough of an interest to continue uh, that franchise in some way, shape, or form. I'm not, I mean, I don't think anybody believes that, oh, yeah, this will be the last Fast and Furious, you know, last officially called, or officially numbered Fast and Furious movie ever. Nobody, I mean, come on. I don't think anybody believes that with anything these days. I mean, no matter what, even if, it's, even if it sits on the shelf for friggin' like five to ten years, you know, which is a lot these days for Hollywood, because it's like, oh, let's reboot it! That, you know, at some point, money will back it in it's like hey we can do Fast and Furious 11 now let's bring all these people back because the odds are Akon kind of wood. they're all you know the majority of them will still be available to do the movies but at least you'll have but it, but it's almost like with Star Wars it's like if you had gotten the complete set either after the first three or the first six you could still feel comfortable having that even if you don't end up getting the complete nine movie se- movie set or picking up the other three to complete the set But you're right. I would I would hold off. I would hold off at this point and just wait to uh, see how it finishes up.
1: All right. And my number one is Bill and Ted face the music. Uh, It is out on August 21st from Orion Pictures. It's directed by Dean Parasat. We have uh, William Sadler, Bridget Lundy Payne. Samara Weaving, Kid Cuddy. Uh, we have Alex Winter as Bill S. Preston Esquire, and Keanu Reeves as Ted Theodore Logan, and together they are the Wild Stallions. So, so excited for this film. I've been keeping track of everything that has been coming out um, about it. I believe, like, Entertainment Tonight, I think, had the official, like, release like edited photos for stills from the movie we still haven't had a trailer yet Um, uh, there's been a lot of merchandise around bill and ted slowly coming out Um, incendium uh, a company puts out a, a lot of pins and stuff like that i have been getting the bill and ted enamel pins that incendium has been doing and on my backpack that i take with me every day to work i've got Bill's face, Ted's face, uh, Rufus's face, who is George Carlin's character in the Bill and Ted films. Uh, I have the wild stallions logo and I have the booth. Um, uh, all I have left to complete that little collection is the princesses. Uh, and actually I hope they do more, um, you know, like station or the good uh, robot uses um, or things like that. Uh, anomalous would be cool too. Things like that. Um, But uh, regardless, uh, so the way this film is supposed to work, Bill and Ted three, um, it is them in the, you know, in the modern era, they are essentially having a sort of midlife crisis. They have, um, they have not yet become the band that is supposed to harmonize and unite the world. Um, as they saw when they went to the future and as Rufus told them in both films, um, I'm curious to see where this film's going to go because they both have kids. Um, and, uh, you know, William Sadler's in it who plays Death. Uh, the first film was highly time travel. You know, you have Socrates and Billy the Kid and, and Beef Oven and, you know, uh, you know, Abraham Lincoln and all of that stuff. But then the second film was more like Heaven and Hell. Um, and now, what are they going to do with this film? I mean, because the booth is obviously involved. It's been actually in one of the photos uh, that we've seen online, um, and uh, I- I'm just curious: is it going to be time travel? Is it going to be space? Is it going to be uh, heaven and hell? Uh, if death is involved, uh, technically, at the end, at the end of uh, Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey, death was part of the band. So, um, you know, it's it's curious to see how that will all. Um, uh coalesce the the big thing though is at the end of bill and ted's bogus journey at the battle of the bands uh the wild stallions had just defeated anomalous and then they were like oh shit we still don't know how to play so they jump in the booth and they go spend like six months or whatever learning how to play directly from eddie van halen And uh, by the way, they both come back with kids, you know, like in little straps on their on their chest or whatever um, when they come back. So that's probably their little kids here, uh, unless maybe there's some alternate reality here. Um, But anyways, uh, they they come back and then they play their set at the end of the Battle of the Bands. And at the end of that movie, after they're set with Battle of the Bands, as they're playing, Like the credit sequence, slash, you know, end of that movie is a bunch of newspaper articles and stuff talking about the skyrocketing sales of their debut album and how uh, they're negotiating peace talks in the Middle East and how they're going to be touring uh, the first band to tour Mars and like all of this stuff. So, like, and just kind of like fulfilling that prophecy of them being the band that unites the world in peace and harmony. Uh, and, and the cosmos as a whole. So I don't know, man, if, if they are struggling to come to grips with not having succeeded in that goal, then what does that say about the end of Bill and Ted's bogus journey? So, uh, I'm really curious to see where they go with it just in terms of, uh, you know, the time travel aspects and, and everything that's come before, um, I'd love to see Station and, like I said, the, the good robot asses because you know all, all this stuff because the good robot asses were like their backup dancers, uh, the the princesses were like on keyboards and drums, uh, Death was playing like uh, stand up bass or something like that. Uh, so like you know what's the band look like? Uh, is everybody still together? Yeah, and all the set photos and stuff you still you see um, Bill and Ted and and their kids, but we still haven't seen the princesses. So are they still married? Uh, you know, did they get? Did the girls get sick of their shit and divorce them? Uh, or, you know, like what happened? So I'm very curious to see where things go. I just have so much invested and in love for the Bill and Ted franchise. Um, Mark, did you ever see these movies?
2: I have seen both of them. Uh, probably I would say I've seen them both multiple times. Uh, I've never had a huge investment in them. I do remember my uh, my. My first girlfriend was really look. I remember she was again dating myself in these in this episode horribly. That she was really excited when the first movie was coming out to go see uh, the excellent adventure. And I've seen, yeah, I think I've seen them multiple times, mostly on on cable or streaming. Uh, I liked them both. I think I probably like the uh, I think I like the original better, though. I did like William Sadler. As death, that was kind of cool because William Sadler lives around here in the Hudson Valley. Uh, so he's a, he's a local guy. Plus, he's in a lot of cool movies, obviously in Die Hard 2 and Iron Man 3, which I just watched again for the first time and since it was in the theater. He as the president. So he's certainly been around. Uh, so I'm glad he was, he's back. Yes, it'll be curious to see what role death has to play. bum in this movie. I guess I'd be a little, I'd be a little concerned just because of the fact that we have a potential, like, Force Awakens kind of thing going on going on here, where you have a, the last time we saw these characters, they're supposed to have this kind of ending, they're supposed to be heading towards this kind of future, and... For, people, for those of us who care, that's how you see these characters, and that's how you the you know the ending that they got and they deserved. So if they do too much retconning, and it's like, oh, you know, they're you know this is how it started out, but you know this is how it ended up, and that they ended up in kind of like a yeah, Han, Luke, and Leia in the none of them ending up anywhere near the way we thought, or the universe, the galaxy ending up where we thought it was going to go at the end of *Return of the Jedi* that could all that could be a little disillusioning to people. Uh I'm sure that this unlike that and you know the new Star Wars trilogy I'm sure this they'll still get their happy ending one way or the other. Uh things will work out well in the end for Bill and Ted, but I I think that it, it still could be a little monkey wrench maybe that people aren't going to want or may not be as gung-ho for. But I'm very happy, you know, not just for you but for Bill and Ted fans that we actually are getting this movie since it's been one of those long gestating projects, and even a couple of years ago when it started picking up steam that, you know, working on the script, script is done, they like the script, Alex Winter and Keanu Reeves are on board, just got to get basically a studio to, be, you know, to be willing to make it. That has been like kind of a long, literally a long road to uh, this movie, so I am I am happy for all the Bill of Ted fans! <laughs>
1: Uh, I'm, it's like the, there's like three Keanu movies next year, right? There's Matrix 4, there's, uh, John Wick 4, and then there's this one, right?
2: Well, well no, those are 20, those are 2021. Oh, okay. Remember, Oni Bill and Ted is 2020. Only Bill and Ted is 2020. Yeah. The other, I'm two, are, of... yeah, the other two are, because remember, the other two temporarily, because we know it's not going to change, stay it's going to change that temporarily John Wick three and the matrix four have the same release date.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. That, people okay. made
2: a big deal about that. So you, you know, that's going to change one, one movie is, a uh, one movie is going to move.
1: Um, I thought he had multiple movies this year. I couldn't, oh, yeah, I, don't I think, know there, are,
2: I think but, there might be multiple movies that he's in, but as far as, uh, big, big projects, I don't, I think that, uh, I think that's it. Uh,
1: so he will be in the cyberpunk video game Cyberpunk 2077, which comes out this year. Uh, SpongeBob uh, Sponge on the Run, he will play a character, and then he's also in Bill and Ted Face the Music. So yeah, he is in technically three different things this year. So, I mean, I would I would consider cyberpunk because uh, the cyberpunk v- video game like trailer or whatever at uh, what was it E3 or whatever that uh, yeah. The, the conference. So like he was like the presenter of it. So his character plays a big role. So I, I would almost consider that a movie role. You know, it's equivalent too because you have to do a whole lot of, you know, face mapping and voiceover work. So and it's a, you know, it's a playable world and character. So there's got to be a lot involved in that. So I would consider those three equal Equal uh, large projects for him. But uh, anyways, uh, we're gonna take a quick break, and when we come back, we're gonna go over our honorable mentions slash uh, you know middle of the road stuff, and then our monkey crap list. So uh, we'll be right back. You are receiving a transmission from the Rod Pod. Upload pending.
0: Stand by for soundtrack transfer.
2: I am Maggie.
0: And I am John.
2: And we are trapped, hurtling through space in a ship shaped like Rodimus's head.
0: The ship, for reasons we haven't been able to determine, contains the entire run of the IDW Transformers Phase 2 comic. Which chronicle the events following the end of the war between the Autobots and Decepticons
1: so we figure we may as well read them all in
0: order and report our findings to you. Stand by. Stand by.
2: Upload complete now.
1: The Rod Pod. Look for us at marriedwcomics.libson.com at iTunes, at Stitcher, or wherever good podcasts can be found. So, uh, till all are one. Till all are one.
0: Hey, everyone. My name is Michael Bailey, and I like Superman. Like, a lot. Like, he's my favorite character. I like him so much that I have podcasted about the Man of Steel more than any other character. Back in 2017, I started a show called It All Comes Back to Superman to serve as the monthly reaffirmation of my Kryptonian faith. Well, the monthly thing hasn't worked out, but I'm hoping to change that in 2020. This year, there will be at least one episode a month of the show, and most of those will be part of a series I'm calling Superman is for Everybody. Superman is for Everybody springs from my desire to talk to people that have channeled their love and affection for the character into other avenues, like cosplay, or podcasting, or academia. New episodes will drop in the first or second week of the month, with special episodes popping up at random, because that's how I roll, apparently. It all comes back to Superman as part of the Fortress of Bailey Tube podcasting network, which can be found at com. The show is available through Apple Podcasts, the Google Play Store, and it's even on Spotify. It all comes back to Superman. Because really, it does. Give me a few minutes and I'll make the connection. Why are you walking away? I'm not done talking to you.
1: All right, guys. We are back from break, and we're gonna go with the middle of the road stuff first, I believe, unless we want to start off with the monkey crap. But uh, yeah, I, I actually, you know what? You want to do monkey crap because I figure like uh, y- you and I define that differently. Because I define it as movies I probably am going to see anyways, but have no interest in or faith in. Mm. And you define it as like I don't really give a shit about this in any way, essentially, there's, right?
2: Uh, yeah, but there's there's a middle ground there for there are some movies on my monkey crap list that are ultimately the monk ultimately the three five ten a hundred pounds of monkey crap list are mostly defined as in movies that I don't care about. Does that? So whether I'm actually going to see them or not is not necessarily the final arbiter of whether they make it on this list. Uh, there's, okay. there's almost always a bunch of movies on this list that I know that I'm going to see, or that there's a decent shot I'm going to see.
1: But because I only have three on mine, I have I have a, I have a bunch
2: I have a bunch on mine. Um, so why don't you go with the ones you have on yours?
1: Yeah, and I'll just breeze through them. Uh, so, Sonic the Hedgehog comes out February 14th from Paramount, directed by Jeff Fowler, starring Adam Polly, uh Jim Carrey, James Marsden, and more. Um, I'm likely going to end up seeing this because, you know, the internet was in such an uproar over the first CGI release and and, and the way that all looked. So much so that it, we forced, essentially internet complaining forced the studio to go back to basics with the, with the CGI and fix it. Um, and I don't know if you guys have heard, but the, the people who worked on that have now been fired. Uh, that, I mean, that's not really uncommon in, uh, in the graphic, uh, industry, graphic design industry where after huge projects, uh, a big swath of the employees get laid off. Um, but uh, there's even more so a reason to stick to your guns. If you complained about the CGI at, at, at all of uh, the Sonic the Hedgehog film after that first trailer uh, and now think it looks a lot better, put your money where your mouth is, otherwise no one's ever going to listen to you again. Um, uh, uh, you know, Plus, there's a little bit of nostalgia there because I do enjoy Sonic. I, I talk a lot ad nauseum about how the Super Nintendo was my console and still is, I do, rem- but I do remember playing a lot of Sonic on Sega. I just never owned a Sega Genesis. So, uh, that's one. Uh, another odd, uh, one, an odd one for some people, given the trailer just dropped, The New Mutants, out on uh, April 3rd, from 20th Century Fox and Marvel, directed by Josh Boone, Josh, uh, Boone, starring Maisie Williams, Antonio Banderas, Anya Taylor J., uh, Henry Zaga, and more. <sighs> I saw the trailer for the first time after completing this list. Does that change anything? Not really because of my reasons that it's on there. This is like the last bastion of the Fox X-Men franchise films. We didn't even think we were going to get this film. There is really no, uh, there's no consequences to putting this film out, whether it succeeds or fails. That's just like, eh, it's out there now. Uh, If it succeeds, then fantastic. But it's not going to change the plans Marvel has, I don't think. I saw the trailer. I think the horror bent looks kind of cool with the the idea of playing with that and the mutants. Um, So that's interesting. But there's no stakes in this movie. We didn't think we were going to get this movie to begin with. What I'd seen before of it didn't really interest me, so New Mutants is a a monkey crap list. I might end up seeing it just because of the interesting horror bent, but by and large, I have no interest in it. Uh, And the last one is Call of the Wild, out on February 1st from uh, 20th Century, directed by Chris Sanders, starring Karen Gillan, Harrison Ford, Cara Gee, and more. Um, I saw the trailer for this the first time after completing this list. And I love The Call of the Wild. I think that's a great, a great book. Um, but I think Harrison Ford is done. Sorry. I can be wrong. Uh, I'm sure he's a fantastic actor. I know that we all know that he's had great roles in, in the later stages of his career and his life here. That's fantastic. That's fine. But I think he's done. I don't think, I, I think I don't, I don't expect fantastic epic you know groundbreaking roles from harrison ford anymore this movie uh while it has the call of the wild you know just the 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 gravitas of that story behind it if you watch the trailer there's a whole lot of cgi in there especially with the dog um and uh you know i'm sure it's got a dog in it it's has uh, got harrison ford in it it's going to be this you know, I love my my you know man's best friend sort of you know the, a man and his dog sort of a story. A lot of those movies sort of succeed somewhat, and when I say succeed somewhat, I mean like whatever success they have seems to be tied to just the love people have for animals and pets in general. Um, so I, I could see it doing well in that regard, but as a as a movie, as something that like. I'm going to walk out going, man, I can't wait till that comes out on Blu ray so I can have that in my collection. I'm just, I, I don't anticipate this film being uh, of any high quality. So those are my three.
2: The only you know thing that interests me, which I didn't know about, so while I was complaining about your, not complaining, but I was mo- I was mocking, not complaining, mocking your cutting and pasting of all your detail about your list, the one thing that I find interesting about, if uh, so I can get back to the, to your list to look at it. The, find, the thing that I find interesting about Call of the Wild is that it's directed by Chris Sanders, who I can only assume and believe is the Chris Sanders of Lilo and Stitch and uh, How to Tame How to Train Your Dragon um, fame. So that would have it. That has that would make the movie naturally more appealing to me because I like I like Chris Sanders. Do I think I'm ever going to see that in a movie theater? Uh, probably not. Actually, I honestly I don't even think I had that on my middle of the road list only because it didn't quite. there's a fine line between throwing something in the middle on the middle of the road. Uh, uh my monkey crap list, other than now everything but Call of the Wild you mentioned is on my list. I have the New Mutants and I have Sonic the Hedgehog on my on my list. I have two movies that actually open up this week. As we rec- uh, I have Underwater, which is the Kristen Stewart but T J Miller movie. Which
1: I saw the trailers for that by happenstance the other day, and I was just like. Half interested and half like,
2: oh god. (laughs) The movie would be great, would be tremendously more interesting without Kristen Stewart and T.J. Miller. (laughs) The only reason I would even consider seeing it, it also has uh, Jessica Henwick in it, has so it has our uh, Colleen Wing in there. That's the only reason why I would consider Colleen Wing with a with like an English accent. Um, So that's kind of not how we usually are used to seeing Jessica Henwick, I believe. Uh, So that is. So that's on my list. Like a Boss, which also opens on the t- on January 10th, which is at the Rose Byrne, Tiffany Haddish, uh, Salma Hayek movie. There's only two reasons to see that movie, and they're both related to Salma Hayek. Uh, I don't like Tiffany Haddish at all. I think she's pretty crude. I don't th- I don't think she's particularly funny. Uh, I like Rose Byrne, but and the trailer is my mu- the trailer is so so. I've seen the trailers for it. It's so so. Uh. Continuing my not huge fan of Ryan Reynolds list, uh, I have Free Guy. I put Free Guy on my list because I think that, that could surprise. But if you're looking at you know, your all too typical Ryan Reynolds box office bomb, Free Guy just reeks of that. <laughs> it looks cute, it looks funny. Whether people, but yet is it going to have any real appeal for people to go? You know, people are really going to have an interest in you know, like you know the but the non-player characters. You know. The, uh, that concept uh, in a video game, being, because that's what he essentially plays. On, you, know, uh, you know, I
1: saw the the poster for that, and you know, what I immediately thought of, because it's funny you say, like it's gonna be a, it, it just on looks looks like a bomb. It reminded me of Employee of the Month,
2: <laughs> which actually, at least on its own, Employee of the Month is amusing. An employee, yeah. And employee, and you can take it to the bank. Besides the fact that you're Jessica Simpson at the hot at the height of her hotness, you know that movie didn't cost a whole lot of money. This movie does <laughs> the special effects alone in this movie. You know this movie. Plus, it's being released on seven three. It's a July fourth release window, so you know they are expecting some bank out of this. Uh, but it just seems like typical Ryan Reynolds to me. And like I and you know ad nauseum, I'm kind of Ryan Reynolds out. I did now mind you that uh, what Underground Six movie on Netflix? I thought he I thought that was pretty decent. He was pretty decent in that movie, but also they they. He was not used in overwhelmingly large doses in that movie, so even though he was just being Ryan Reynolds, there were there were there was a, because it was an ensemble movie and it was concentrating on other characters in the team and what they were trying to accomplish. I think I could tolerate him a little bit more, but Ryan Reynolds, for the most part, these days, is a one-trick pony. Uh, so I and I, I I need a break from Ryan Reynolds. Uh, The Eternals on 11.6 is on my monkey crap list because I don't care one iota about The Eternals. Not at all. Am I going to see it? Yes, of course I'm going to see it. Do, but I don't care about it. Maybe the trailers will make it look interesting. Maybe. But to me, means nothing to me. Nothing to me. I still think... It's a, it's, it's a crapshoot for Marvel. Uh, let's see how Black Widow does, and that may make it even more of a crapshoot if Black, Wind, Black Widow kind of underachieves. And I'm, I'm not by obviously not by uh, Endgame or Infinity War standards, because we know it's never doing that. But let's say it even underachieves by Ant-Man and the Wasp standards, then uh, then you got a lot riding on the Eternals, and I don't know about that. Uh, I have Birds of Prey on my list. That's another movie I I care nothing about. Saw the second trailer today, which is interesting because it's like everything that was in a way all all of, almost all the aspects of Harley Quinn that they played up so much in Suicide Squad they're like kind of not playing up as much. Not all, but a lot of the aspects it seemed. And I'm not really sure. I like Mary Elizabeth Winstead, but I'm not really sold on on this. And I like you and McGregor, so those are pluses, but I don't really care about this movie. Uh, will I probably see it? Yes. That's another one I will probably see. I also have Bloodshot, you know, which is Vin Diesel's comic book movie. Don't have any background with the character. Don't care. Will I see it? Maybe. Doolittle, I think, looks horrible. If you want to bet money on a bomb, Doolittle just reeks of being a bomb, which I feel bad for, for uh, Robert Downey Jr. And this movie also had, I think, massive reshoots on this movie because I think... I kind of suspect a lot of the adventure aspect that they they've added into the to the recent trailers were because or done with the reshoots. It still looks kind of boring, but I bet you they've added in more action set pieces and to try to make it look more exciting because it it just wasn't working the, the way they had it. That's pretty much the that's pretty much all I, my the end of my monkey crap list.
1: Okay. Uh, I'm going to throw this in there just because I do this every year. The direct-to-DVD DC animated films that are coming out this year. um, The only one we have a solid release date for right now is March 17th, and that is Superman Red Son. uh, Directed by Sam Liu, uh, starring Jason Isaacs, uh, Roger Craig Smith, Diedrich Bader, and some more voice cast is obviously an animated film and is adapting the red sun storyline where instead of crashing in kansas um the uh the the pod that uh, carries baby cal is uh crashing in soviet russia so um that's uh that's the, the the trailer is already out if you guys haven't seen it yet it is out there i watched it uh, just before we started recording it looks fun we have uh, the you know the that version of Hal Jordan is in there, uh, as is John Stewart. Uh, they're a part of the the core that goes up against uh, with the, the the Red Sun uh, Superman. And uh, so is that uh, version of Batman. He's in there too. So uh, I'm excited for that. The other two, uh, again, only name name only. We have a Justice League Dark movie called Apocalypse War, and uh, Superman. Man of Tomorrow. So those should be uh, those should be interesting. Um, I always look forward to the DC animated films. I think their quality has been slipping of of late, uh, but they're still enjoyable to me. Uh, they're not uh, they're not the the amazing uh, you know like oh my god I can't wait to see it that they once were like uh, I will always hold up Under the Red Hood as a fantastic one. Um, we haven't had an under the red hood quality DC animated film and in, in, in quite a while, but they're all not, they're, they're not bad. They're, they're, they're enjoyable to watch just like any DC animated, uh, series or anything else you could come across. So I always find them worth mentioning.
2: That's cool. Uh, those are usually those are things that yes, once they become available at some point to stream or something that I will, I will usually seek them out and see if I can, uh, if i can watch them uh red sun
1: is it, oh i'm sorry go
2: ahead sorry, i was gonna say red sun would have an interest to me uh more than the yeah others. i've
1: already got it i well, i always pay attention to a website uh called i think blu-ray releases or blu-ray.com and i check out the calendar to see what's coming up and that's how i like i make notes in my phone on the reminders app to tell me when to buy things so like you know uh, the most, the next one that comes up is, uh, on the 14th. I'm telling myself to buy Krypton on season two on blu-ray, uh, things like that. And I've already got uh red hood or red sun on, uh, on blu-ray. The thing I was going to ask you though, um, do you have, uh, a lot of, have you seen almost all of these or do you have a favorite one in terms of quality? Cause I will always go to under the red hood and it seems like I'm not alone. Have you seen even, like, have you seen that one? I don't,
2: I do Want to say that I, I don't think I've seen Under the Red Hood. I don't think I have. Uh, I've I've watched what? Fl- I've, I know I've watched Flashpoint. I watched the. Uh, <sighs> they had the one with Dark Side, right? That basically was the new Justice League War. Yeah, the new the Destiny. new fifty-two. Yeah. Uh, Justice League and, uh, team unification one, yeah, I saw that one. I did not. I saw you know what, super you know the first Superman Doomsday Abomination. I remember seeing that. Uh, I think I did see. You,
1: the, you haven't seen the new one, no, the Death and Return of because Superman, because they
2: haven't been free. Because when I when I checked on like Amazon, they haven't been free. Okay. I, I haven't checked in a while i can i can check to see if but i haven't looked in a while but when the last time i did they neither they weren't free so i didn't watch i think i did watch but the did they call it crisis on two earths or whatever it was with the other
1: yep yeah that crisis on two Earths.
2: yeah that one I, that one i watched um i watched some some batman ones i'm trying to remember
1: what um uh, there's Batman Bad Blood. There's Batman Assault on Arkham. Not, I, there, not
2: Arkham. Arkham is uh, familiar. Bad Blood I may have watched.
1: Uh, Batman um, Oh, shit. Year One. They did adapt Year One. They did adapt Gotham by Gaslight. I did not get to, uh, didn't get to watch that the, one yet. The Killing Joke. That, um, one that
2: one I think I did watch.
1: Um... Did you cause my my number two after under the red hood has got to be new frontier
2: yeah I, I i i i'm pretty sure i have new frontier
1: yeah, that's a great one and obviously you've seen first flight and emerald night and i
2: have for yeah i i have i well yeah we have i have those
1: okay yeah no, I think everybody should give them a try uh they're they start starting with the the craptastic uh, you know kind of Bruce Timm style superman doomsday and then moving forward i think at total count you're looking at about i think almost if not over 30 films at this point so there's quite a there's quite a few to take a look at but anyways uh, we got an email from Jim right
2: yes we have an email from Jim since he knew we were doing our movie uh, episode i think what i'll do with the question is we won't i won't say what the question is Let's just leave that hanging instead of just. Unless you think we should tease people to, to expect an answer, uh, I was no.
1: I, I, and for for your edification, Jim, since you're going to be listening,
2: I'll let him know anyway. I, I, but yeah,
1: yeah, I just I don't. This isn't enough time for me to, to to think of to to really consider this question seriously and give you a serious answer. Uh, so I need more time. All
2: right, so <laughs> what we'll do is with. The question Jim asked us, we won't even, we won't go into specifics about it, what it was until probably next week, but we'll actually be able to give some answers to it. Uh, so Jim's was, "Hi guys, heard you were doing the 2020 movie thing, so I came up with a list. I was going to send it in a multiple person message on Facebook. Thank God he didn't. <laughs> but I figured email would be better. I'm imagining Chad's list and mine will have at least one similarity, but it sure as hell ain't Venom. <laughs> Honorable mentions: Doctor Doolittle. Actually." Ghostbusters, which is in my middle of the road list, Fantasy Thank Island, which, which actually is in the middle of the road list for me. Just because I find it f- fascinating that they're kind of doing a a reboot of Fantasy Island, but the way they're doing it is more of a comedy slash horror. So it's not that there weren't some hor- you know horror or, or supernatural elements on occasion on Fantasy Island, but obviously that's not what the show was about. But the idea that that's how they're that's how they're kind of and I think Michael Payne is in that movie I think he might be Mr. Rourke in that movie, but yeah something about the concept of that it, it 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 I think it'll probably still stink but it's an intriguing twist where but it doesn't turn me off so it's interesting uh the and the witches is uh his other honorable mentions because he likes the cast I'll see them all eventually just not as excited about them as my top five now the main list how ironic right number five <laughs> Actually, it's actually two, two of these. Uh, Sonic the Hedgehog. I like the casting here and the redesign is perfect. My son James loves Sonic, too, so this is a slam dunk. Because, because of his son, I guess we'll have to give him a pass on that. <laughs> Damn it, Jim. Uh, New Mutants. Looks awesome. Wonder if they'll do a sequel or work it into the Marvel Universe movies. Now, if by some miracle of like God, this movie were to be really, really big... Then there's a chance they might try to figure out – of course, it also depends what their plan is to how they're bringing mutants and the X-Men into the MCU anyway. But there's a slim chance that could happen. The odds are Disney will just be happy like, wow, this was not – this wasn't Dark Phoenix. Let's high-five and call it a day.
1: <laughs> at the very least, if it's super successful, I, I at least it gives them the option – And uh, and proof that they could play with the genre aspect. So like the reason a lot of people love Winter Soldier so much and I love it, I rewatch the shit out of that movie anytime it's on TV. um, But it's a spy film that just so happens to have superheroes in it. I think this if this succeeds, they'll go, Okay, now we can do horror movies that just so happen to have superheroes in them. So it gives them more options to play with down the road. I don't think they'll, they'll, they'll twist themselves in knots to try and tie this in any way into the MCU or even keep the same casting. They might do some of the same characters if there's like one really breakout one or something like that. But, uh, yeah, I just don't see, I don't see it impacting the, uh, the franchise going forward.
2: No, I, I don't either. There's, there are, I mean, they, obviously, you're, I think, yes, I think it's, I think the, probably the best case would be if they were really impressed with a few performances, or the the audience tends to take to a few, then it's like, well, maybe we can work them, maybe we can work them back in. Uh, No matter, no matter how they do it, because even though it would be kind of hard to work in uh, magic, because obviously this movie is being set up to be much darker than the last uh, Colossus we saw. (laughs) (laughs) In <laughs> Deadpool, but if, if if Deadpool wasn't such a you know such a yuck fest, and the, you know you already have Colossus introduced, it'd be real easy to kind of like introduce Colossus's sister at some point. Uh, so that's number four on Jim's list, The Kingsman, uh, which is on my middle of the road list. The Kingsman movies have been pretty good, but this looks really interesting. It's a prequel. Prequels are always shaky. I like the I like the Rasputin aspect of I it. Mean, that looks intriguing. Uh, I like both King – the first – uh, the King's – been the first one was much better than the C Yeah. So – but I, I'm i – it's in my middle of the road list. Uh, it could be good. Uh, Number two, Jungle Cruise. I'm hoping for a movie with the same kind of energy as the Mummy franchise here. Like I mentioned there, yeah, there's definitely a potential vibe off of – that's one of the vibes you get off that movie, so that could be true. And number one. Making making Chad happy. Bill and Ted three. I actually love the originals. Can't wait to revisit the franchise.
1: Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be awesome. Um, yeah, Bill and Ted, fantastic. I, I there's so, so much merch coming out. I think I'm only gonna limit myself to the action figures. That are like other than the pin sets I've been getting from Incendium, there's uh, some Bill and Ted action figures. Let me type this out. Uh, Action figures that have recently come out. Yeah, they're on Entertainment Earth right now. Um, They're from Fizzbiz, I think. I think that's. I think that's what. Yeah, here we go. There's Bill. Yeah. Coming January, 2020. Uh, it's still on pre-order. Uh, but they're like, uh, they're on the cardstock with the plastic. So, uh, Bill, it looks like comes with, uh, a guitar and a video camera, which is cool because you know, the, in- the intro, um, the intro into the, uh, Bill and Ted's excellent adventure is they're in their dad's garage recording like, uh, um, an intro for their band and Bill is holding the camera. So that's cool. And then the Ted figure is his, him and his guitar, and he's got a uh, boom box. And these are $30 price points because there's there's so many, much Bill and Ted merch coming out. The pins I knew for sure I was going to get, and I have to at least get these two $30 action figures. So yeah there's just there's there's just gonna be a lot and, and I've already got you know I collect pops the only Bill and Ted pops that are out are Bill and Ted from Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure I'm hoping that Funko decides to do more Bill and Ted pops whether it's more characters from the Bill and Ted movies or if it's just straight Bill and Ted 3 stuff I don't really care whatever it is Bill and Ted related Funko wise I'm getting that too in terms of merchandise
2: no, I can understand that. It makes it makes perfect sense. Uh and plus if you you know, when you're fans when you're fans of a franchise, when you get when you get merchandise, especially if you haven't had, you know, a huge huge influx of merchandise. It's like you you kind of need to strike when the iron is <laughs> <he's> hot. <laughs>
1: Yeah, so because I got the Bill & Ted's Excellent Adventure 30th Anniversary Steelbook Collector's Edition. I still need to get the 30th Anniversary Steelbook Collector's Edition for Bogus Journey. Um, I've got the Bill & Ted uh, pops, and I have all the Bill & Ted comics. Um, So I've got those, and now I've got the pins and these action figures. So I think... Between the pins, the action figures, the Funko, the comics, and the steel books, I think I'm I think I'm good. I don't think I need a whole lot more beyond that. I did see, wasn't it you or um or or Jim who showed me that they're going to do like a sideshow Bill and Ted?
2: Probably would have been Jim.
1: Yeah, I, hold I mean, on. I don't,
2: I don't think, I mean, I don't think, I don't think that was me for that one. Um. Even though- yeah,
1: sideshow, sideshow, Bill and Ted six scale collectible figure set by Blitzway. It's four hundred dollars on pre-order. Yikes! Yeah, I want it super badly, but
2: uh, not that badly.
1: Yeah, not four hundred dollars badly. I think I'm, I think I'm set.
2: <laughs> you, you, you gotta draw the line somewhere.
1: Uh- Yeah, so, yeah, they've got the guitars, they've got their outfits. I'm trying to see, get to the photo that has their um, accessories to see if they come with a booth. You would think they do. So, yeah, uh, comes with, okay, yeah, so we don't get a booth. We do get a phone, a payphone so that they can at least pose in front of that. You get the Wild Stallions logo, different shoes, bracelets, the Wild Stallions CD, uh, watches, backpacks, stuff like that, but yeah, they don't come with a booth, which that's sort of a letdown for $400. It can't be that hard to mock up a booth.
2: No, I agree. I mean, but sometimes, hey, sometimes they got to Got to draw the line somewhere. Just not where we wanted them to draw it.
1: All right. Honorable mentions. You, uh, I'm going to blow through mine yes. because you've already mentioned a couple of them here. So the Eternals, uh, Black Widow, the Eternals, it's got Angelina Jolie. It's got Kumail Nanjali. Who's getting freaking ripped for this role. It's got Kit Harrington, It's got Selma Hayek and her golden globes. Uh, <laughs> and they are magnificent. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Uh, You know, Black Widow, I'm excited for, but I'm not that excited for. I'm going to see it. It's a Marvel movie, whatever. Ghostbusters Afterlife, I rewatched that trailer again. It looks cool. My opinion of it hasn't changed. I'm going to go see it. I'm just not that excited uh, at this point. It's just, you know, yeah, we'll see it. Um, Birds of Prey and the Fabulous Emancipation of Harley Quinn. I'm going to see it for sure in theaters. I just... I don't care about Harley right now. I care about Margot Robbie. I don't care about Harley. I'm more interested in the birds of prey aspect. But uh, given the super heavy focus on uh, on Harley, I'm not sure how excited I'm going to be walking out of the theater, you know, looking, you know, being satisfied with what I got from Black Canary and, and Huntress and the question. Um, you know, <sighs> We don't even know if Renee Montoya is going to be the question. It just says Renee Montoya, so maybe she's just a, a GCPD uh, detective or a detective uh, in general. So um, you know, we'll see. But uh, I'm just I'm more curious about the birds of prey aspect. I um, I'm curious about uh, two biopic films, Respect, which is out on October 9th from Universal, directed by uh, Lisa Tommy. Starring Jennifer Hudson, Forrest uh, Whitaker, uh, Marlon Waynes, Mary J. Blige, and more. This is the biopic about Aretha Franklin. Uh, I am excited for that. Um, Stardust, out on May 1st from Salon Pictures, directed by Gabriel Range, starring uh, Jenna Malone, Johnny Flynn, Amar Maron, and more. Stardust is a biopic about David Bowie um, and his discovery of... uh, you know kind of his own alter ego Ziggy um so the problem i have with this one supposedly they don't have the ability or authority or the right to do any of Bowie's songs so that's a huge drawback for that one and last but not least a movie out uh this this uh, this kind of uh, goes along the lines of um what i had what i did last year with um the irishman at the time when we were doing this episode last year the irishman only had a cast and uh we had no trailers or anything didn't know what it was going to be and i was just like you know based on cast alone i'm interested this is the same sort of thing although this comes out january 27th this is called the last thing he wanted on january 27th on netflix directed by Dee rees starring Anne Hathaway, Willem Dafoe, and Ben Affleck. Um, So I'm curious about what that is. Uh, It's based supposedly on a very popular novel. So based on cast alone, like, I like all three of those people. But do I like all three of those people together? Um, Well, you know, we'll see. So uh, that's that's, uh, sort of it for me. Uh, the big red flag there on there on that list, though, is is the Stardust uh, one. If if you're if you're doing a David Bowie biopic and can't use David Bowie music, uh, what the hell's the point?
2: <laughs> yeah, that is kind of uh, that is kind of pushing it, I think. Uh, uh, there'll probably be lots of sex in that movie to make up.
1: for. <laughs> I don't care. We, I, think, we, I, I think it's a foreign film, too, oh, because uh, I wasn't able to find find much about it.
2: Another plus. <laughs> subtitles. And lo- we need subtitles and lots of sex. Uh, all right, so the rest of the, the stuff that in, in my middle of the road list that we haven't covered, I threw 1917 in there, though I doubt I'm going to see it. Uh, but I'm not against seeing it. I already mentioned Morbius. Bad Boys for Life is another one that I probably will not see, but, but I'm not against it. Quiet Place 2. I wasn't overly impre- I wasn't overly enthralled with the first one, and the trailer, second trailer didn't had only minimal intrigue. I mean, the trailer for the second one, the it- the teaser only had minimal intrigue for me. Uh, Death on the Nile, which is the second, basically the second act, ag- you know, the Hercule Poirot reboot, basically the sequel to the Murder on the Orient Express that we got with uh, Kenneth Brownauer playing Poirot a few years ago. That Death on the Nile, which I which actually, I think I have a little more little more ties to that mo- the original version of that movie than I did the original Murder on the Orient Express. But that but that's coming out. I had The King's Man and, let's see, I mentioned... Oh, the last one I didn't mention was The Many Saints of Newark, which is the Sopranos prequel movie. I don't know what kind of interest there's really going to be for that. I also don't... I So it's kind of hard to judge how it's going to do. But, you know, but David Chase is involved, so I'd like to think it's going to be good or be interesting at least. I just don't know what kind of audience there is to go see uh, a story focusing on you know Tony Soprano's dad and younger Tony Soprano. I don't. There could be, you know, I, there, there's probably a, a little added bonus because Gandolfini's son is playing young Tony Soprano, so that, you know there's kind of like a little more oomph or reason for people to. say – more a curiosity factor I would say but I I knew that I was funny because I was just talking about that but when we when when I made my list finalized my list on yesterday my mom and I when we were uh, when I was talking to her we were talking because she'd been binge watching re-binge watching The Sopranos that we mentioned you know we were talking about the the sequel about excuse me the prequel and I couldn't remember exactly when the release date was because I knew it was coming out this year. And then when I prepped it, prepping for this episode, it's like, oh, yeah, I didn't write it down, but it's September. I'm, pre- I'm pretty sure it's a September. It's a September release. So I think that's
1: it. You never saw The Sopranos, so.
2: it's it, Sopranos is a good show. I think I think I I, I actually been, I kind of I the magical phrase, kinda of, sorta of binge watched the Sopranos again, maybe like a year or so ago. I I didn't watch every episode, but I kinda I zeroed in on the ones that I liked or the story, or when the parts of the sea uh, the parts of different seasons that I found really intriguing. And especially towards when the series wrapped up and everything else. So it's it, it's I think it's a show that holds up better than some of the other HBO shows, and I think that even even with the it's kind of funny. We we had the Sopranos and with that being controversial, and it's one of those y- using the all too common expression. And then Game of Thrones came along and said, "Here, hold my dragon." <laughs> it's like <laughs> we're gonna give you an apple. Well, you think you're you think you're ending made people like shake their head. We're gonna give you an even better. One.
1: <laughs> but, uh, I would recommend. All right, that. I guess it's gonna do it, huh? Oh, well, I'm sorry. No,
2: that's all right. I was just saying I would rec I would recommend I would recommend watching it at some point, especially if. If you if you have Prime and and it's still because it is free I think it is free on Prime to watch, uh, but yeah I think that does wrap up this uh, obviously much this was this was a much more complicated episode for us to record probably for anybody to listen to <laughs> <laughs> in multiple ways.
1: Um. Yeah. All right, guys. We're going to go ahead and uh, end this out. Uh, uh, Mark, you want to tell people how to reach us?
2: LanternCast at gmail.com. Website is LanternCast.com. The voicemail is 708Lantern. You can follow us on Twitter and like us on Facebook, hashtag GLCast to locate us on those. And we are on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher, so please leave us a positive review if you listen to us on one of those platforms.
1: For sure. Uh, next episode's probably, uh, likely, going to be the wrap-up to uh, the Green Lantern Black Stars series. Um, and uh, one other thing to let you guys know... Uh, in case, uh, and I'm, and I'm going to be mentioning occasionally on various episodes and leading up to it, but um, I am going to Emerald City Comic Con this March in Seattle. I have my my plane ticket. I have my hotel reservation. I have passes for all four days. I am indeed going to Emerald City Comic Con in Seattle in March. So, if anybody in the Pacific Northwest area will be attending, Please let us know. Uh, we'll see if we can arrange some sort of a meetup or something, and whether that's just briefly on the con floor to everybody to hang out for a few minutes and shake hands or if we go grab dinner or something afterwards or whatever, uh, let me know. I am trying to make uh, not make big plans to see the city of Seattle because I made that mistake when I went to New York. I was like, I'm going to see so much of New York, and then underestimated how much time would actually be spent at the convention center uh, and ended up seeing barely any of uh, of New York, so I'm making really no plans for Seattle itself and just focusing on on the con. So uh, yeah, anybody's gonna go, please let us know. Uh, and uh, I guess we'll talk to you guys later.
2: Good night, everybody.
1: Good night.